Hi, this is Amita Switlow from Chiso VSO West. In the lovely town of Kelowna, I went up went to get Norma who lives uh, Norma McKenzie, who lives in Penticton for a reunion. And uh Norma's a pretty special lady. Hi Norma, how are you? Fine, Amita. <laughs> Great. So Norma, you are you served with QSO VSO three times. Yes. Where was the first place you served? Malawi. Malawi. Was that your first time in Africa? No. You had been there before? Yes. My husband was in Nigeria with um, World University Service. With Wurske? Yeah. So I visited him just for six weeks. In Nigeria? In Nigeria, yeah. What were you doing in Malawi? I was teaching and setting up a school library. A library? Mm -hmm. Had you done that here in Canada before? No, but I worked at the University of Waterloo Library. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, so you had. So setting up a library in Malawi, were there enough books? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> there were quite a bit of books at the library that there was, they had. The, the school I was at in Sanji was um, constructed by some Roman Catholic nuns, huh? and they had uh, Americans send them books. But all of these books were old um, texts. Um, they had about five different sets of uh, encyclopedia from 1909 <laughs> that's oh, sort of thing. Oh, yes. Yeah. And um You see that a lot in developing countries. Yeah. People from the West have sent their old books. books. Uh -huh. So I got rid of all of these books yeah. and I got the um you know there are places in England that send books to certain countries. Um so you contacted them? Them and had them send some books to, Mal to Malawi. And was it a small town? Oh yeah, it was the capital of the, the um, district of Sanje. And but it was a medium-sized town, you mm -hmm. know. How long did you stay on that assignment? Two years. Wow. And were you on your own, or did your husband and family come and visit? No, I was on my own. You were on your own? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So then you come back to Canada, and you would go again. I spent a year in Canada, and then I went to Guyana. And I spent four years in Guyana. Four years. Mm -hmm. Now, you were originally from Guyana. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those diaspora volunteering programs where so a Guyanese returns home. Well, yeah. And how was that? That was fantastic. Um, I worked with the Guyana Education um, Access Program, okay, and that was a DFID funded funded program. Okay, and um, DFID meaning from Britain. From Britain, yeah. And we were setting up. It's a it's a huge program because it. They were trying to build schools and uh, um, train teachers and do other community work, do things in the community. So I was a teacher trainer. Oh, great! So, how did the Guyan Guyanese people 
accept you after you had been away so long? Did they treat you like one of theirs? Or did they... Were they so you knew the language? Well, the, the language is English. English. And then they Though speak Pidgin. speak uh, Creolese. Creolese, Creolese. Okay. Yeah. But what I found, the, the areas that I worked in, I had never lived in. I'd been to it, oh. and I, but so I found I couldn't understand the Creoles very well. It took me a little while to get, because different to, to, to understand it, because different parts of the country people speak different kinds of Creoles. Yeah, but um, once I was there, I fitted in all right. I, I didn't have any problems. Okay, and did you stay in a in a house or where did you stay when you were in uh, Guyana? Guyana? Yeah. Well, at first I was sharing a place with another vessel. And, but it was a very small place, so eventually we um, got your own place. I got my own place, mm -hmm. and I was by myself. It was, must have been nice to be home there with the food and everything. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and the fish, the <laughs> because fish. you're on the current coast, yeah. And you know, people would sometimes you just walk into the office and you see somebody coming down with a string of fish and they say oh let me give you one. <laughs> oh, really oh my gosh good good fresh fish yeah so after guyana you then take another assignment and this time to ethiopia, ethiopia. four places yeah and what year was that do you remember i went to ethiopia in 2000 and Seven early in two thousand and seven. Okay, and what did you do there? Train teachers. I was in two places. Um, I went first to yeah to a one town. One town, and then and I didn't like it a lot because the the I went. I was going to teachers' college yes. to train the teachers. But the, the principal of the teachers' college did not know I was coming, so... Oh, it didn't work out. Yeah, the poor gentleman didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> they gave me a big an office, but I didn't, they didn't know what to do with me. So uh -huh. I thought, well, I'd better return home. <laughs> and yeah. then they decided to send me to... Um, Another we also thought I can go to another place, um, and it was up north more, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so you t again taught teachers how to teach. teach yeah. Now we and I set up a school library also. <laughs> another library. <laughs> yes, I like setting up libraries. Okay. I, I think they're they're very necessary for young people, okay, and important. in developing countries. Um, students don't have access to the information that students in in this in the West have. So in Guyana, I set up six or eight libraries. Wow! And um, then in Ethiopia, I did a two. Two. Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> the library setter upper. Yeah. We were talking earlier, and we were talking about how different people learn. And one of the reasons we do podcasts is pe some people don't learn from reading. 
Some people are audio learners, learners yeah. and visual learners. And you knew that instinctively. Yeah. And uh, in your libraries, or you had other kinds of learning. Le yes. I very, very much so. I, I, I um, would not set up a library unless I had a wide spectrum of learning materials for, for students. Because I do know that people learn in different ways, you know. Mm -hmm. And I make this, I try to make that available for, to, to the, the students. Yeah, and also reading for those that are visually impaired. They yeah. may be able to hear something and learn yes. from that. Yeah. Yeah. So all these years later, here we are at a reunion in Kelowna. And uh, it's, you know, you're pretty amazing. You did four years in Guyana, two years in, in um, Malawi. How many years in Ethiopia? Well, almost, two, no, 22 months. So almost two years. So we're yeah. at nine years. When I calculated um, our uh, service for the, to calculate the 35 million hours of service from Canadians, I calculated each volunteer having served one year. You totally blew the formula. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you think it was... Um, a good thing for you to have done when you reflect? Oh, definitely. Definitely yeah. it was a very good thing for me to do. Yeah. yeah. How did you change? How did it change you? Well, I became less arrogant, less sure of what I thought I knew. And um, definitely, um, how should I put it? I guess in some way I'm more humble and I can tell you, the first when I went, returned to Canada from Malawi, the very first time, I was so upset. I thought I had too many things, uh -huh. you know, and I got big garbage bags and I piled all my clothes because you, you, you realize that people live with less in other parts of the world and they're happier than the North Americans or the, yeah. you know, are. So I thought, oh. And I was so disgusted. Why do I need this? Why do I need? Why do I need three of this and you know that sort of thing? So this uh, idea, less is more. Yeah, and less is more. Less is more. Yeah. I think that's our lesson for today. Less yeah. is more. Yeah. yeah. And thank you so much for all your service, Norma. You're an amazing woman. I uh, think you're very, very special. Thank you're you. You're very welcome. <laughs> yeah.